Hi there, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Not Rocket Science, show that talks all about the intersectional relationship between technology, business, and culture, baby. How's it going? It is Saturday. Ooh, ooh, keep it, keep it, keep it. Ooh, ooh. Remember that ludicrous song? I might be aging myself at this point, but uh, Saturday, ludicrous, look it up. Anyway, things are going pretty good here. I am doing this episode a tad early, you could say, because um, I'll be going to Vegas tomorrow. I will be in Vegas by 1 p.m. Pacific time. Normally... I do these on Sundays or Mondays, but today I am doing it Saturday because my ass will be on a plane. So, yeah, feels a little early. Feels a little bit early, but it's all good. A little worried about this Vegas trip. I checked the weather and holy schnikes. It is here. Let me bring it up right now. Let me bring it up right now it's gonna be tomorrow 96 is the high okay expected expected then monday's 101 tuesday's 106 wednesday's 107 and thursday which is the day i leave is also gonna be 106 so i'm gonna be baking i'm gonna be baking in Vegas, I'm going to be poolside spraying myself in the face with one of those fans that also squirts water with uh, shampoo on my nose and then going in the pool, getting my Clark Griswold on. That's all I'm trying to do. This is not a work trip. I'm just going to Vegas because I haven't been in about 10 years and my girlfriend's never been. So we're like, we should do Vegas. We should do Vegas. Look, I love nature. I love beaches. I love history. I love culture. I love all that stuff. But I do like, you know, tapping into a little bit of hedonism every now and then. And Vegas is a good place for that. Plus, I like the desert. It's in the desert, so... A lot of people are anti-Vegas. A lot of people I know, a lot of people I talk to, they're like, I don't like Vegas. It's just gross. It's like Times Square and nightclubs. Ew, gross. And it's like, you're right. I hate Times Square. I don't like nightclubs. I'm not even that big into gambling, really. Not a gambler. 
maybe sports books. That's about it. But I like food. I like hot weather. I like pools. I like fancy hotels. And I like the desert. So Vegas is A-OK in my book. But 107, kind of pushing it. Kind of pushing it. Kind of feel like my face is going to melt off. So we shall see. But today, I want to talk about this for a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but when it comes to like jobs and stuff, um, <clears throat> how heavy I feel like networking tends to come in waves. Like there's periods where I'm all about business, networking, like-minded people, go to meetups, learn about, for me, user experience design, blah, 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 product design product strategy yada 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 and then there's times where i ain't trying to hear none of it and i go dark on the linkedin i'll be on other things like instagram i'll be working on this show i'll be doing other things sometimes maybe just living my damn life you feel me but i am not all about trying to be a little schmoozing networker on the linkedin looking at what positions are open looking at what businesses are starting to crop up in the startup world reading articles people post trying to you know check out all these linkedin influencers blah 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 blah. checking my messages there's times where i just go cold turkey on all that but right now is not one of those times right now for whatever reason i'm trying to figure out what it is sometimes at work Things feel repetitive and you just want to see what else is out there. Sometimes the commute starts grinding you down if you have a rough commute like myself. Um, But you just want to see what else is out there. So I've been back on LinkedIn pretty strong lately. Just, Just seeing what's up, what's happening, you know, getting back into it. And uh, some things really stand out to me about LinkedIn in terms of the culture it's creating, in terms of its actual interface and features. Um, there's multiple things about LinkedIn that I think are very good. I think are kind of silly. I think kind of ridiculous. But it's not even so much LinkedIn. It's also how companies project themselves on LinkedIn. That's probably the biggest thing and people more so than the platform itself. But... Man, LinkedIn be crazy these days. It is turning into Twitter, too, on a certain level. Now, the fact that they are about networking and professional life, quote-unquote, kind of, uh, you could say, shields it from some of the more negative pitfalls that other social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter have been running into of late, where it's basically just morons getting into debates about nonsense, you know, politics, uh, social issues, stuff that you're not going to really grow much intellectually by digging too deep into, and something that's really tribalistic at its core, and you have these instances where these debates break out on Twitter, on Facebook, which are terrible forms of communication for having in-depth discussions on any of this, where nothing really gets below the surface level. Things tend to get nasty 
pretty quick, and nobody's swaying anyone's opinion on that thing. I've never seen in the history of social media anyone on Twitter or Facebook literally change somebody's mind, unless it's something where they misread the person or they didn't know a very glaring, obvious fact that kind of sways the reality. Um, But when it just comes to ideological debates about social issues, I've never seen anyone sway anybody. And then it just becomes a trolling cesspool on top of that, because then trolling becomes the main goal from one of the parties because trolling is really the only thing you can do. You're not going to have an intellectual debate on something where you're typing, you know, 250 characters or whatever. You're not going to change anyone's mind. So you might as well make them look stupid. And that's why troll culture has become so popular these days. And LinkedIn kind of is able to shield themselves from all of that baloney that happens on the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Instagrams to an extent. But there's other aspects that they're not quite as bulletproof in. And the one that is interesting to me, because I saw a post on it yesterday, is someone came out, a male, and he talked about how many like of his female colleagues are saying they're getting like these weird-ass DMs on LinkedIn from dudes like hitting them up for dates. So like there's dudes now using LinkedIn trying to get their Tinder on via LinkedIn, which is interesting. I mean, on one hand, I think it's kind of crazy because I just think it it's so out of place. Like I don't... I'm trying to think of a scenario where it's going to work because it's something that's just going to startle the other person no matter what. It's almost like discreet catcalling in a way, right? Like when a girl is at work on her lunch break, coffee break, you know, she's in her like work attire. Obviously, it's like Tuesday at 3.30 and construction workers are catcalling you. It's like that's never going to work, guys. It's never going to work. Not just that it's out in the open, but... She's in work mode. This ain't the club. This ain't the bar. It's never going to work. There's intent and mindset attached to everything. And context plays a huge role in all this stuff. And that's the wrong context. So to me, it's kind of like LinkedIn's the wrong place and the wrong mindset and the wrong context for any of this shit to go down. But on the other hand, it's like social media, social media... And you're putting yourself out there on social media. There's a common convention on all these social media platforms, LinkedIn included, where you can get messages. And I don't think it's right, but I don't find it particularly surprising. You know what I mean? I just don't find it that surprising that someone would do that at the scale LinkedIn is at these days with however many 100 million users or whatever it is. There's going to be creeps. If you're ever talking about a platform with the reach in the nine plus figures, do you know how many creepy dudes you're going to have as your users? I mean, not to typecast too hard or anything, but if you do a people search on LinkedIn and you go to the last few pages of a particular search and you start seeing... Those pages where it's like half the people don't even, don't use the platform and they have, 
you know, no profile image, and then you trickle in a few profiles with an image, but it's like some dude with a weird mustache that looks like he's from Napoleon Dynamite, and he looks like he took his profile picture on a whim when LinkedIn asks you for a picture and lets you take one built in onto their platform, and it looks like they did it while they were taking a shit in a public bathroom because they got that weird-ass unflattering angle going where their chin is the closest thing to the camera. You know what I'm talking about. Those dudes. I mean, I have no choice but to suspect something's up with those dudes. You know, that shitty office lighting, that cheap office lighting hitting their face, reflecting off of their chin onto the lens. Those pictures... I have no choice but to think those guys are the ones sliding into the DMs. But it's probably not. It's probably some, you know, slick marketing executive dude at Dumb Fucks Marketing Solutions, Inc. Or whatever. But I don't know. I don't know. Point is, there's creeps. There's always going to be creeps at scale. It is what it is. But I just saw that yesterday and I thought it was funny. Another thing that I saw that was really funny, which is actually on Instagram, but it's making fun of LinkedIn, is... uh. You guys know that meme, the one with uh, You guys know that meme, the one with Steve Buscemi. I think it's from Thirty Rock. I want to say I'm pretty sure it's Thirty Rock, where he's at an elementary school and he's trying to dress up as a student. He has his hat on backwards and a skateboard, and then the uh, subtitles on the bottom's like "Hello, fellow kids." Um, so they basically just flip that added in photoshop a bunch of colored stripes to his t-shirt and uh the subtitle was like hello fellow gays and the caption was every company during pride month (laughs) and it's so funny because if you just look at linkedin right now almost every company created a rainbow version of their logo and that's what they use on linkedin it's become this like standardized thing uh for those of you who don't know, that started with Google. Google, back in 2012, used to mess with their search results and would have, um, like, rainbow colors on their search results links for certain result types, I think, back in uh, yeah, back around 2012. And they also messed with their logo, made it rainbow. And then, you know, when Google does something, every company just copycats and blah, 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 blah. We love the gays. We love the gays. You know what I mean? You just got to do it. It's standard practice. But it's pretty funny just the, the level of copycatism that goes on in corporate culture. And then LinkedIn, it's just so funny. It's like every June you can expect every company's logo to be rainbow without fail. It looks like dog shit in a list view. I'm sorry, it just does. Like, rainbows can look cool standalone, but when every company has a rainbow, it just does not look good. Fundamentally, from a design, from a color standpoint, it is what it is. And LinkedIn already has a lot of color issues on their platform, in my opinion. They don't do a great job compared to, say, Twitter, which is a very similar layout on desktop. I'm getting kind of like nerdy UXer here, but... LinkedIn does not do the best job with contrast. They use a lot of white, a lot of light gray, a lot of slightly darker gray, a lot of slightly darker gray than that, a lot of thin lines that are also gray, and then some dots that are darker gray, and then some dark blue, which is similar to the dark gray. And overall, it's just 
you don't know where to put your eye because everything is either white, light gray, or a little darker gray, or a dark blue that's in line with the darkest gray. So when you have all that going on, and then you got a bunch of rainbow logos slapped around every everywhere, kind of just looks like a gross train wreck. But I get it. We all support the gays. It's great. If you're gay, you can work here. Like, no shit, Sherlock. That's my thing. I My thing is this. With all the stuff, the breast cancer awareness, everyone, you know, and every, every NFL team wearing pink cleats, it's like, we're all, there's no way no one's not aware. So why are we still saying this is for blank, blank awareness? This is for this cause to spread awareness. It's like everyone's fucking aware of it, guys. Everyone is aware that June is Gay Pride Month. Everyone's aware that I think October is Breast Cancer Month, whatever. They're serious issues, but these. But my thing is it's not being treated as a serious issue anymore. It's treated as a marketing opportunity for a brand to do a very cheap, small thing to get something out of it. And it's exploitation. I mean, Gay Pride Month is June because of the Stonewall riots in Greenwich Village in the late 60s, where, you know, that was kind of the the breaking point of uh, tension between police and people who were gay at the time who had to basically live in seclusion or live their true self in seclusion. And, uh, you know, they had to meet at very few bars and the bars had to pay off the cops and if they missed a payment the cops would raid they would raid anyway um and just mess shit up for the just because because you know there's a lot of good cops out there but culturally particularly in big cities like chicago new york cop culture in terms of what they do kind of gross and the more you play monday morning quarterback and look at things historically in hindsight the grosser it all becomes but Pride Month is in June because it stems from real historical events where real violence, real emotions, you know, being actually scared, actually living in seclusion, actually feeling like you can't be who you are, transpired. And, you know, corporate culture trying to, like, capitalize on all of it for a way to be like look at us we stand with you it's just i don't know it's kind of gross to me and to me i also found the absolute most hilarious ridiculous company i've ever seen on linkedin it's so ridiculous that you feel like it's almost a joke like it's almost a fake company and it's something that you'd expect out of like the show silicon valley or something like that but it's not a tech company it's like a marketing consumer relations branding consumer services company i think what they do is they invest in small startups that have a direct to consumer model and for their business and then they help them along with also throwing experiences quote unquote that uh are basically like you know fairs and provide a visibility to the companies that they invest in. And, uh, yeah, that's about what I could get out of them as far as what they do based on their website and social media. So 
They're called the DTX company. Their ethos is direct. The X is the two arrows meeting in the middle as we believe in two-way or no-way. This is their Instagram, their first initial Instagram post. And just so you know, everything they do is low. It's the DTX company, all lowercase. It's all lowercase. Everything they write is in lowercase. All of their job descriptions are in lowercase. It looks like it was written by a second grader. But if you go to their second ever Instagram post, you learn why. This is for real. This is on their real Instagram. This is their second post ever. It's a little graphic that says, we are lowercase because our partners are uppercase. Oh my God. This is made by somebody probably lives in Soho, has a lot of money they probably don't deserve, and loves to study brand, the art of branding. That is what I take away from these fucks. And let me get into it more. So on LinkedIn, their overview, all lowercase, of course, because their partners are uppercase. Our mission is to empower consumers and brands to build direct relationships. We are building the infrastructure for the direct-to-consumer economy by creating experiences, designing platforms, and investing in founders and talent. Okay, what the fuck are you, though? Could there be a more keyword, buzzwordy, bullshit description on what a company is? I don't know. I don't know. All right, but then you go to the job descriptions because that's how I heard about them. There's a job description match. And I was like, what is this weird-ass thing? Because they don't have a title. They just It just is something in lowercase. And that's, so it just says data product. That's the job titles. Data product, all lowercase. And then they start, this is the, oh my God. This is the most pretentious job description of all time. So it starts off with something that's like the headline colon. Develop and oversee the implementation of data platform of the data platform that powers the DTX company's consumer products and omnichannel commerce experiences. Again, all lowercase, all buzzwordy, no actual meat whatsoever. And then they do three things about us. We're building the infrastructure for the direct brand economy by creating experiences throughout the country, designing online to offline O2O platforms, and investing in early stage DC, DTC direct to consumer companies. We have a culture of determinism, dynamism, and difference. We don't want people to think this is for real. This is on the actual fucking job description. We don't want people who think outside the box. We want people who question if we need a box, how to get rid of the box, and what the box will look like a hundred years from now. Did a fucking college intern from Barnard write this bullshit? This is fucking real. This is real. This is real a real job description. We don't want people who think outside the box. We want people who question if we need a box. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. 
Thinking outside the box just means doing something different from what most people do. That's all it means. So questioning if we need a box, that's saying questioning if people tend to do the same things in an industry. What does thinking about that generate that's even remotely progressive on any level? I don't know. And then the next thing I do, three areas of opportunity, colon, the nuts and bolts. And then they go into a bunch of bullshit about data optimization, drive deployment, best-in-class architecture, leveraging integrations, DDBA, corporate speak, third-party data, blah, 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 consult and client technology capabilities and collaborate and product and engineering teams optimize the end-to-end data aggregation of operational success, bullshit, 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 identify commercial opportunities, bullshit, bullshit, scalable-driven AI data collect. It's like they wrote this shit just to have the right keywords in there that gets their reach higher or something algorithmically three areas of excellence what you're great at you believe data is best when it generates communal value your strategic thought leader and the clear ideas about harnessing the collective power of connected data communities to reach your consumers more effectively and efficiency all right that's not too bad you're deeply principled about fairness and privacy you spend much time espousing the merits of shared data as you do advocating the clear guidelines and usage of the data it's fine it's all in lowercase and there's no periods so it's weird but it's fine But anyway, I just had to put this thing on blast because the level of pretentiousness just was beyond astounding. Probably by far the most pretentious company based on how they craft their LinkedIn profile I've ever seen, bar none. I feel like every single employee there is out of that Netflix movie, Velvet Buzzsaw, the one with uh, Jason Gyllenhaal, um, where it's like the art gallery becomes haunted with this old creepy dude's paintings that murders people that are at the art show. That's my vision in my head of what working at this place would be like. And I just had to put them on blast. Um, But yeah, so that's what's on LinkedIn now. I found that pretty interesting. My favorite thing in LinkedIn, though, is when there's that little module where they try to get you to follow companies, and they put your profile picture next to a company logo, and it's like, in my case, Sean, imagine this, dot, dot, dot. But it's always they always pick, or they usually pick companies that it's like a hilarious thing. They try to make it all aspirational, but it's like my photo and 7-Eleven. <laughs> That's happened multiple times. Or just like weird places like like Sabra Hummus or something like that, um, which is great. I buy that company's hummus all the time, but seeing my face next to their logo on LinkedIn is just kind of, kind of, kind of hilarious. But uh, yeah, that is LinkedIn these days. Um I'm just, I think overall though, I mean, I know I was complaining about the contrast issue before and yada, 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 but, and it is an issue that if I had a um, visual impairment, accessibility wise, LinkedIn fails across the board. There's just not enough contrast, but I really like what they turn the platform into. I like how they uh, let you look at jobs, look at companies. Filtering could be a little better. Some of the 
key filters like by location, for example, which is probably one of the most important ones. Some screens, it's very in your face. Other screens, it's a little buried, and I haven't quite figured out the logic there on how they determine what. But, um, you know, overall, I can't hate on the platform too much. I think it's a very obviously powerful tool based on how much use it gets. Um, I've in the past actually gotten job offers from just blindly applying to companies on LinkedIn. So it does work on some level. I didn't, I haven't taken a job that I found off LinkedIn yet, LinkedIn yet, but, um, I've gotten interviews, gotten offers. So it's an effective tool. This podcast isn't really to hate on LinkedIn or to hate on companies on LinkedIn. It's more to just kind of highlight how LinkedIn's evolving because LinkedIn was kind of like the boring social media platform that when you're 22, you it's it's uh, almost like doing homework to go on because you just, yeah, LinkedIn boring. But it's turning into something else now. Um, you know, you got guys like Gary Vee that are using it the same way he uses Twitter. And, you know, people are posting a little more casual stuff, which I like. Because I feel like initially LinkedIn created this culture where you have to kind of be a corporate robot to fit in. And now there's some personality actually being injected. And people are actually creating posts that show that they're human. And uh, different types of business niches are getting more specialized and uh, more communities are spawning because of it. So I think overall that's, that's a good thing. But let's be real here. People tend to not like their job because of the work, but also because they can't be their true self. Very few people, unless you're like at a really lean, 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 lean cuisine-ass startup, you're not your true self when you're at work because you're with people that are like kind of know, but are also kind of strangers, and you can never really let loose because everything's touchy. You know, anything you say can offend somebody or not offend somebody, and... There's always this thing where you're keeping 10% of who you are, at least 10% to yourself. And that, and you want to project an image that you might not fully be for your uh, benefit within a particular company. And that those cultural, I guess, setbacks or limitations of working in an office project pretty loudly on LinkedIn. And, you know, it's people trying to become influencers and lion. What the fuck is a lion? You know, you see that with their profiles, like, I'm a lion. Or, like, random-ass people trying to connect with you. It's like, there's still this culture of fake networking that is always going to be there on LinkedIn because it is a reflection of what professional life, quote-unquote, is. And, you know, what LinkedIn was built to assist in or helping um so there's always going to be some fakeness there but i think linkedin is doing a overall very good job at creating a useful platform that i think from a marketing standpoint and advertising standpoint is kind of underpriced according to all the experts so i think you're going to see a massive wave of linkedin uh ads soon because they're underpriced attention at the moment and Facebook and Instagram ads, the return on investment is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking month by month. Um, I did an episode last week where I, uh, for Facebook ads, I kind of showed the ROI from a median standpoint off of a study that was done 
where they evaluated tons of different ads that had billions and billions of impressions. And overall, the ROI is either flat or in the negative. So I really think there's going to be a next huge push for advertising on both Twitter and LinkedIn. And I think LinkedIn is the most underpriced right now based on what I'm hearing, not my own analysis or anything. But that is my thoughts on LinkedIn based on what I'm seeing right now. I'm going to call it because my ass got a pack. I got to go to Vegas. Um, I will release this at the same time. As always, I got to make sure Anchor's release pre-release features working correctly because that thing has burned me in the past, but we shall see. I uh, love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to hit us up at not rocket science that is it love you guys take it easy peace twitter or link uh, linkedin jesus we don't have a linkedin guys it's a podcast on insta at nrs underscore show on twitter or insta that is it i am sean i am out hope you guys have a good one thank you and peace